Hello, everyone. Hey, all, and welcome to this week's episode of What You Need to Know But Didn't Want to Read. I'm Maria Smalley. I'm Tina Shannon. And this week, we will be discussing Chapter 5 of We've Got People by Ryan Grimm. The name of the chapter is, strangely enough, the Dean Bat. We're not, we're not real happy about the way this guy named his chapters. No. But we really like the content. <laughs> So, first of all, though, we'll have a little recap of last week's chapter. Last week when we covered chapter four, the making of Rahm Emanuel, the main point of the chapter was to show how current politicians with power were and, shaped. And staff people and operatives. How all the young poli-sci majors were influencing and being influenced by the politics of their time. Right. Right. So... I'm going to kind of go through this summary at lightning speed because there's a lot here and I'm mindful of your time. Um, and then we'll discuss it further on Wednesday. Um, I think the whole point of this chapter is that, is, is that Howard Dean saw that social media was a way to build power um, as his staff pioneered its use. He was the first person in his to, to really allow his staff to bring the tool of social media to his campaign. And that we can all see how important that was. Um, but the chapter is really dense. It has a lot in it. So it opens with an illustrative story that I think helps place all of the content in a cognitive framework. And uh, two young interns come across Congressman Markey, who is a who is a progressive congressman still. He's currently doing good things. He had been doing good things back then in 2002. So they sit down to talk to him, and uh, he wants to know what they think about upcoming vote um, allowing the Iraq war to happen. And um, they bring him all of their arguments about why it is so wrong. And... Um, he does not refute their arguments at all. Instead, he tells them that Democrats have to vote in favor of the Iraq war to avoid looking weak. And uh, the interns, that, that kind of shook the interns to hear one of their progressive um, idols tell them why the Democratic Party had to su support a unjust and illegal war. Um, by now, Clinton, for the Democratic Party, had already ended welfare and demonstrated male supremacist sexual escapades for the Democratic Party. Um, and Bush is president. The left energy has coalesced around anti-globalization and fair trade economics. Um, there was a big demonstration, which you may remember, it was called the Teamsters and Turtles, which shut down the World Trade Organization's meeting in Seattle. It was a really big deal. I vaguely remember this happening. Yeah, it was really something. Go back and look it up. It's really a fun thing. Yeah. Um, there was a large demonstration at the gathering of the IMF, which stands for the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. It was a big demonstration, too. And a third demonstration was scheduled for fall of 2001 in D.C. 9-11 happened, but the organizers decided to keep 
the demonstration and use it, have it as an anti-war march. Bush invades Iraq despite intel contradicting his stated reasons. Like everybody knew what was going on, but we went to war with Iraq anyway. Um, some younger Dems and staff operatives alarmed at them support for this illegal war and on the lookout become aware that polling numbers indicate that the public doesn't really support this war. Um, so that was sort of the beginning of the dawn of the awareness that the internet could play a role in politics for these younger people. Um, they're also aware of increased activity in the new, the then new realm of social media. Which is not the social media we picture today. We didn't have Facebook at that time. We did not have Twitter. Um, MySpace wasn't even that big yet. Right, right. It was mostly email. Yeah, it was email. And, and some they, discussion boards. Yeah, like forums is what they used to call them. Right. Um, uh, kind of like um, what you would call um, Reddit today. They yeah. were very similar to Reddit. Yes, yes. As far as I know, nobody actually uses the same like software that we used to use for forums because it used to look very different, but mm -hmm. it's the same concept. It really gave birth to our social media we have today. Right. So at the beginning of this explosion of social media in 2002, MoveOn sent a small donor fundraising email to their big email list for Paul Wellstone. Paul Wellstone was an extremely progressive congressperson and very beloved. Um, he was just like a, he was like a, a proto Bernie. Right. And uh, this fundraiser was immediately successful, like went over hugely successful. And um, it was successful enough to catch the attention of a lot of these young people who were doing the campaign work. Unfortunately, Wellstone died in a plane crash just days later. Um, at this time, meanwhile, in the Howard Dean campaign, and he was running for president then, right? Yes, there was his he presidential was presidential campaign. primary, where he was seen as a underdog. They didn't actually originally did not think he would make right. it very far. Right, right. As most third party candidates end up. Well, he wasn't third party. He was in the party. Was he an official Democrat? He was in the party, right. But he was an underdog in the party. He was viewed as just like a, a like almost like a throwaway. But the thing, is, and you know, the interesting thing is that um, in 2003, MoveOn, who we still know, MoveOn still plays a role today. They're a very big organization. Now, I get emails from them almost daily. Well, one of the first things MoveOn did was went all in for Howard Dean's campaign. So at this time, Dean is still pretty progressive. Oh yeah, He's not so progressive today, but he was still pretty progressive. He was anti-war and also in favor of what was then being called universal health care. He was a doctor, I believe, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. A doctor and then a governor. Governor of Vermont? Vermont, yes. Yeah, Vermont. Yes. Yay, Vermont. Yep. Yay for Vermont. <laughs> They're always giving us good progressive champions. All right, right. So... How he was still though unable to resist the balanced budget rhetoric, even then, mm -hmm. even then. Um, but the thing that really stood out for him is that he was really willing to vigorously fight Bush. He was like one of those fighting liberals. Yes, another like fighting liberal. Yes. Um, 
And the other really interesting thing his staff did that shows that they were really alert to all the things that were happening with the, the, the newly burgeoning internet was that they also used the meetups. Mm-hmm. I don't meetup. know. Meetup.com. Yeah, I don't know if people still know about meetups, but at uh, one time they were really big. I don't know. Um, I kind of isn't wasn't it basically Tinder for the early two thousands? No, no, no. It was no. more. No, it was. Um, I mean, maybe some of that, but that's not what <laughs> I knew about it. No, it was like people were like doing meetups for political work or for gardening clubs or for hiking. Okay. Like you would just be like, does anybody in my area want to go on a hike in Raccoon State Creek State Park on Saturday? Okay. okay. And so that that's how. That's how Howard Dean did his political organizing. Would anyone really like to meet up and talk about how to get Howard Dean elected? Would right. anyone like to meet up and do some canvassing? Like how we use Facebook nowadays. We make an event on Facebook. Right. We can invite people from all over. And it definitely gains traction. Mm-hmm. And meetup was very um, local based. Like, so like it would work on towns and zip codes. Okay. So that you could be sure you were getting your message out to your local people. Right. Which was really good about it. And actually, there's still it still exists. Meetup still exists. Um, yeah, something to think about. Um, so anyway, um, he also did a, a, a kind of a, a cutting edge, groundbreaking thing. He, he made a highly visible, exciting online, online fundraiser where as you contributed, you could see the money raise up visually. Yeah, a visual bat was used to fill the right. color as the money was being poured in. So it's, it's, it got, so, you know, there wasn't all this stuff going on online then, like there is now. So it was really exciting. People got, I remember, people got really involved in it. Yeah. Like one of, one of uh, a staffer from one of the other campaigns actually got fired because she got so excited while she was watching the fundraiser that she donated and then with Carol Mosley Mosley Brown's yeah, it was her finance director that actually donated to the Dean campaign and she was fired for it <laughs> right although so. Braun ended up dropping out of the race and endorsed Dean anyways right right but it was that's how exciting it was is like you could easily accidentally end up uh, so, so like this is like groundbreaking stuff um, nonetheless the Iraq war was not yet highly unpopular. Um, and so Dean did not win the primary. Kerry won the primary as a war veteran. Kerry was not as internet savvy. So his campaign decided to ignore the online work. They made a pretty crucial mistake. They ignored an online attack. Um, because it was online, it didn't seem like a big deal to them because the conventional media was not yet picking it up. It was the swift boat attack, which was a bunch of right-wing um, veterans who got together. Um, they had been attacking Kerry all along since his anti-war stance when he came home from Vietnam. And they'd been attacking him all along. And so they started a campaign that his war injuries were not serious enough to gain, garner any support or sympathy or praise. And Kerry campaign decided to ignore them. The problem was is that their, their, their attacks gained momentum. So instead of dealing with them in March when it became apparent what they were doing, 
they they went on and started getting attention in September and November, right before the voting. So Carrie lost. And this led some younger Dem staff and operatives and activists to start to perceive the Dem party establishment as out of touch and incompetent and ineffective because of their unwillingness to take in new information about changes in technology. Interestingly enough, though, after the election, Senator Harry Reid from Nevada, who you keep your eye out, he's there in the news now, Nevada's in the news now, in the Democratic Party, um, he became more critical of the war after the election, as everyone did, and started to talk to younger activists. He ended up giving the keynote address at the first national bloggers convention in Las Vegas. Um, he, through this exchange of information and relationship with younger activists, he uh, ended up co-sponsoring some anti-Iraq war legislation. Um, Reed and Schumer supported some populist and progressive candidates. They helped elect Tester in Montana and Jared Brown in Ohio to the Senate. The Dems move, however, from a 55-45 majority to a 51-49 majority. Um, also during this time frame, Reed moves the date of the Nevada presidential primary forward to the beginning of the cycle, um, mostly because he wanted to force candidates to, to talk about preventing the nuclear waste storage at the Yucca Mountain in, in Nevada, yeah, which was like, you know, good for him. Yeah, we um, don't need that. Right, and the party, and a, another interesting thing that happened in this time frame is the party, the Democratic Party planned a presidential debate, debate in Las Vegas with this early primary sponsored by Fox News. The interesting part of it is that now that we have a community of online progressive bloggers, they raised enough hell that they got Fox News removed as the sponsor. Yeah. Fox was not allowed to be right, there anymore, right. which they did not take well. And and Harry Reid actually starts to, to notice the relationship, like become actual conscious and express this relationship he's having with the younger activists. Yes, through all his work. He does a lot of work with the bloggers, which was revolutionary for his time. No, Other Democrats weren't giving these people the proper platform. I think they didn't realize how important this really would be like 20 years later, where social media dominates not just our world, but our political elections. Um, from the book. From the book on page 72, when asked... But when asking Reed if his own political evolution was influenced by his relationship with the bloggers, he had this to say. I think that's a fair statement, and here's why. We had Move On, we had Daily Coast, and on and on with the early days of all this, and I think that they were on the cutting edge of a new generation of ideas. And I think that's where the Democratic Caucus became more involved in new ideas. It came from them. By them, he means the bloggers. He, he, they, he was right. They were on the cutting edge of this new technology that they were ready to harness. And his ability to acknowledge them, and not just acknowledge them, but he held conferences with just bloggers, was able to influence his thinking in ways that other Democrats simply weren't ready to allow. And I think that we can recognize 
the bloggers as us. Yes. That's our heritage as, you know, like social media activists, yes. as local activists. Like these cutting edge ideas are our ideas. Mm -hmm. We just needed some political leaders to follow them. Mm -hmm. um, to really come, to really look into it and use it as a weapon and a defense when needed. Right. Which started with Dean. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. then Harry Reid, I was real impressed. I didn't, I didn't realize how involved with online bloggers he became. Mm -hmm. And how he pulled them to the front. Right, right. Right. And now those ideas have come right into his home in Nevada. Yeah. And I'm, like pushing their way into the Democratic Party. It makes me be able to see like evolution of political ideas and political generations. Last election cycle, progressive Democrats were able to take control of the state party, which is why they've been in the news so often recently. Right, right. You can look that up. It's pretty interesting. It's ongoing, actually. They just, progressives have just um, taken their seats in the Nevada state party. And Harry Reid's machine has had to take a back seat yeah. to this evolution evolutionary step forward of the young people, younger people. That's what keeps the party alive, though. If you're not willing to listen to the younger people, your party will just be replaced by different young people eventually. Right. So that's chapter five. That's chapter five. That was a big chapter. That was, that was hard. That was. It was a very meaty chapter. There's a lot of background, a lot of it, just a lot of information and names that needs absorbed. Right, that, you're gonna, that we're going to be hearing later. Yes. Right. Hopefully broken down a little, in a little smaller bites, I hope. I hope so. <laughs> I think so. Just looking through the table of contents in the future, it looks like we'll have more specified topics. Right. And we'll get to talk current events at the end of the book, so right. that'll be fun. Yes. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join us, join our group via Zoom on Wednesday evenings.